2: like professional wrestling, but we like professional wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrito. And Chris, coming across the newswire late due to uh, wheeler Yuta, Top Flight, and JD Drake no longer being able to make the 5-1 card for PWG, there's been some changes to the card. Pertinent to my interest, the Briscoe brothers making their grand return to PWG to take on Aussie Open. Pertinent to your interest, Shane Haste will be coming in to fight Jack Cartwheel. Now, do you have any interest in flying out here and doing your slapjack number one fan gimmick?
1: Uh, Flying out (laughs) there? Uh, You know, look, if if Shane Haste invites me, I will gladly don the mask and lead the slapjackalopes to greater victory and greater glory. but That uh, would
2: go over well in that Globe Theater crowd.
1: (laughs) It would be a privilege to be asked to don (laughs) the gym shorts and, and the hockey mask.
2: Oh, man. I had... I think I had possibly the weirdest interaction I've had at a grocery store last night. Let me tell you about this. Okay. You know how when you're standing in line sometimes the person in front of you will go oh, I forgot something and they'll run off to go get it. And you go, okay, that's cool. Probably something necessary or something important that they forgot that was on their list. Maybe something small, even like a condiment or something. This woman comes back with one of those ready-made cracker and cheese platters <laughs> and puts it on there. And I go, I don't usually talk at grocery stores. I'm not usually the most gregarious person in line, but that one, I just out loud, I go, That is the most unusual last second purchase I've ever seen. And this woman's car is like, it's a Carvel ice cream cake, shrimp cocktail, chicken, like the fresh chicken, but it's like reduced to like four bucks because it's been out for a while. It's just a ton of food. And she goes, yeah, I just got off a plane from Mexico. And I'm like, okay cool and I'm watching her with all this food it's like in case she needs a snack for the night
1: what you (laughs) described there made it sound like she's setting up like a spread for a party I thought so too I thought it was instead just one person I'm staying
2: with my friend and our refrigerator's empty and I just got off the plane from Mexico now I'm thinking now high as a kite I'm thinking she has to be high right now or something has the money
1: this sounds like wine munchies.
2: Maybe there was no booze there, though. That's the thing that got me. But there's at least $150 worth of food there for one night. And
1: it's all, yeah, it's all perishable. Like one night. Yes, yeah, it's Not all like perishable. There's, you can yeah. store for later. Well, here's the
2: kicker. <laughs> She's going to pay for it. She looks at the at the, at the cashier and goes, I just want to make sure that that was $13. 20 or whatever it was So the day she looks she goes no this is 20 she goes ah never mind and i just almost went what the f are you doing because like she's making dopey jokes at me when i mention that because she starts to laugh halfway through putting her food up there and she goes yeah it's in case i need some cheese tonight i don't really want to cut cheese well at least not in that way and you're just like what what is happening? I'm in the middle of a bit with a crazy woman, I think, and she doesn't want to. She has a hundred dollars worth of food, hundred fifty dollars worth of food, including Carvel, in which, in which we're also making fun of the oh, well, there's no uh, there's no cookie puss available. I guess she goes no, nor fudgy the whale either. And I'm like, lady, you're on my l- wavelength. I'm kind of digging you right now, but she goes no, no, the eight dollars extra for the cheese platter bridge too far for me. I'm just going to take my crab legs, my lobster, my Carvel ice cream cake and go.
1: I mean, nothing <laughs> nothing sits better with crab legs and lobster than a dairy product, <laughs> if you ask me.
2: <laughs> just it, it, it was random food, too. It's just like she just went to like the fresh food section and just started grabbing stuff. I'm like, I, I almost, I, pardon me, are you high right now? And are you planning on driving yourself home? <laughs> but, but usually you can tell that this woman looked looked fairly normal.
1: Always never, the normal ones, Hawkins.
2: Well, but, I mean, you got to admit the randomness of going out and grabbing one of those cheese cracker platters. <laughs> you know, like, I may never have this opportunity again to ask, what were you thinking right now? <laughs>
1: It's just weird to buy a cheese cracker platter and not be doing a party, especially with yes. those other things. Yes. Uh, that's that's still weird. I saw the cake
2: and the lime and the, and the fresh food. I'm like, oh, it's for a spread. They're gonna have a party. they're gonna have drinks or whatever, even though it's like 10 o'clock on a Thursday. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just got off a plane, might need a snack later. That was, that's all. Uh, <laughs> anyways, how are you?
1: Uh, I'm all right Hawkins uh, I have discovered that I've got like a bit of a sleeping thing going on here so I'm a little uh tired but I think Wait, you least... need to
2: be more 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 sleep apnea yes sleeps, yeah, sleep everybody apnea. sleeps.
1: <laughs> well yeah no, I am my my thing is that I'm not getting despite how much sleep I'm getting I'm not actually getting very good sleep and I, and I think we're we're starting to figure out it may be a case of sleep apnea but uh you know, it better to have like a sense of what might be wrong than to not. Uh, and it certainly explains some of the, the tired feelings I've been feeling for the last month or so here.
2: Last time I got good sleep was 1996, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost serious about that. I just haven't slept ever. Ah, well, yes. So if you have any sleep apnea tricks at DWATG, slip into the DMs, tell them your hints for getting good sleep he'd appreciate it
1: yeah uh, specifically <laughs> if they're uh, they apply to sleep apnea don't like don't tell me like pop on my like, joy of painting or something like that no,
2: That's Just just not, not the cure for yeah yeah
1: <laughs> sleep apnea gone
2: yeah uh going into the news this week big news coming out of aew tony khan's big surprise for this week announced on the 420 dynamite show it's a new pay-per-view show called Forbidden Door, a joint show in New Japan, Pro Wrestling. The show was announced for June 23rd at the United Center in Chicago. This is Dave Meltzer and the Observer talking. One would suspect the goal would be a second $1 million gate in company history after doing so for Double or Nothing on May 29th in Las Vegas. I know a lot of hardcore fans of AEW are, this is a fly-in show for them. I am cautious about this one, Chris, and I'll tell you why. New Japan of America, and look, there's been the Twitter debate was about casual fans, and I'm like, casual fans don't even watch AEW. All right? Casual fans are the type of, what's going on for Mania or the Rumble? Oh, this big star I knew came back, or my favorite has come out of retirement. Those are casual fans for the most part. New Japan of America is still a touring brand. And we've had a lot of New Japan guys already in AEW. We've had, you know, if you count them, the Good Brothers, uh, although they're not with New Japan right now, they probably will be soon enough. We've had Kenta. We've had Tomohiro Ishii. We've had uh, Yuji Nagata. I mean, we've had guys uh, of that caliber on there. but we haven't. Yeah, the
1: New Japan member berries crew, as I like to think of them.
2: Yeah, the guys who come over to America for the tours is my point. What people are expecting right now, I think, and I think what people want is they want they want kind of like in, in in better terms, you remember the WCW New Japan super shows of the mid 90s, or maybe Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 sure, sure. They
2: they want they want the the matchup between they want kind of they don't want like team-ups and things like that, like six-man tags, like they were doing in the Las Vegas shows when they were doing Things like that. They want their favorites versus New Japan favorites. And I think really it's going to be a disappointment for people unless they get three of the four of the following two or three of the four of the following. Let's put it that way Koto Obushi, Okada, Naito, and Tanahashi. Anything else I think would be considered a failure, don't you?
1: Yeah, i I, th- I think you're. I think you're right. Uh, I mean, and I, it seems fairly certain that they'll get, uh, they'll get a bushi, but
2: no, a bushi's injured right now. That's the thing oh, that's keeping uh, him. From that.
1: Okay, if he was available, and I think I they know.
2: might be saving him for when Omega comes back because I don't think Omega can make this card. And that's the other thing I think people are hoping for is like, oh, this will be when Omega comes back. I go, I thought he had surgery, but don't quote me on that necessarily. Now the level I mean, of,
1: this could be a worth-seeing show if this is the launch of a major New Japan versus AEW angle. Uh, so we could be sleeping on, on that front.
2: Well, judging from how they hyped it on Dynamite, though, it looks to be a lot of Bullet Club type of drama with Jay White. And I think you're going to get a lot of that kind of level of guy of Jay White. that's no Well, Jay White's a former IWGB champion. Okay, sure, but he's been an impact for the past few months. You might get the Gorillas of Destiny. You might get. You might even get uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taguchi, and and and, uh, and 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 those those levels. I mean, you might get Will Osprey in here because I mean, all those guys were working, uh, Windy City Riot, already, uh, to help out with that thing. But that was also kind of an AEW crossover card. But I think what, when you say New Japan, they don't want the guy they want the legendary the ones who were when new japan was hot about 5 or 6 years ago when it was at its
1: apex the, the really. member berries crew like they want naido and they want yes. okada
2: they want the work rate guys they want the five star matches they don't want new japan strong guys no offense to tom lawler or anything like that they uh, you know fred rosser hell of a get hell of a <laughs> working thing. And I I also think they don't want ooh, we're going to have an eight-man tag featuring the members of Chaos versus the members of this. I think they want the full uh, I think they want the war, Chris. I do.
1: Yeah, I, I I and I think given the current state of New Japan's roster, uh it's not to say that they're like untalented or whatever, but they just simply don't have the, you know, murderers row New York Yankees sort of lineup that they had in the last decade, like yes. ten years ago. It's it's not the same lineup anymore. Um it, the the guys who were the you know the top of the card from back then are now the member Barry's crew and they used to have a bunch of aging legends who still could turn in you know good matches here and there. Um that they, they were a much deeper roster um with a clear sort of eye to the future that they don't have right now. There's a few as,
2: guys that are in the future, but it's it, it's hit and miss quite a but bit. But like,
1: like I, I'm saying, like right now they're still depending on Okada, and they don't have that next Okada guy. Right. Yeah. Well, the, um, I, and I I'm not saying like Okada's past his prime or whatever I, either. I'm just saying it, it that next that next man up thing doesn't seem as clear right now. And even if they're kind of getting someone ready for the IWGP level, like it, it you know you need to have that next man up vibe across like all these different divisions.
2: Yeah. Remember these are two promotions working with each other. So it's going to be one of those things where it's not going to be just, you know, Brian Danielson and and CM Punk going over on guys either other guys are going to have to win and that could get difficult. This could be a bloated card is, is another fear I have because they're going to want to get everybody onto this thing. Between because you know Eddie Kingston's gonna probably get a he's probably gonna get a she to do a match because uh, I you know he wants he wants to do a strong style match with a Japanese guy. Um, I'm wondering if if there might even be some Stardom uh, things given New Japan and Stardom saying because that's another complaint you're gonna hear is that where are the women if it's just a pure New Japan card and. You know, not everybody has to get a trophy here. I think I think that would be a mistake. I think you'd like to have about eight matches. Hopefully they go tight, but man, I could just see them putting the young bucks on this card and that going over 10 minutes and then everybody wants to get their thing. And then this becomes a six hour card for some reason. It's intriguing. Let's put it that way, but it's not something where I immediately want to buy a plane ticket because I would kind of like to see the card first. But I understand the I understand the urge to do it. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, if I had more confidence in Khan's booking right now. I think I would be more of a maybe on going to see this show because it would be cool to see like New Japan again. It's been a while, but. I don't necessarily have faith in Khan when it comes to the week to week booking right now. So I, and I, I could just see this being sort of a throwaway super show.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. We will see. Um, I have confidence. He, he books the big cards well, but you are right about the week to week. I do have some, some doubts about that. And whether or not this gets built up to be a hot show remains to be seen as well, especially Especially in the time from Memorial Day to the card. They have that kind of they have three weeks, I think, four weeks there to do it between Vegas and this. So, you know, we'll it see. Makes
1: you, it makes you think story-wise, it may be a small potato show.
2: Yeah. Also kind of interesting to me, at least, wrestling observer reported that Brett Hart has quietly signed a lucrative deal with WWE that prevents him from working with AEW but allows him to take various independent bookings. Now, those of you who follow me on Twitter know that I heavily retweeted the fact that Bret Hart will be seconding FTR in a match in big-time wrestling, and I believe that's – I forgot what state that's in. But this is – this tears at me a little bit, Chris, and I'll tell you why. I am the guy who wakes up every morning. I tweet this, good morning, get paid. Bret Hart signing for a lot of money with WWE makes a lot of sense in many ways. And I assume he may have probably even leveraged both working with FTR and AEW at some point and also being there for the finals of the tournament named after his brother's foundation to get a bigger contract, bigger legends contract with WWE. Now, we watched Wrestling with Shadows for an episode of Shake Them Ropes during the uh, pandemic era. We know that Brett had a lot of issues with Vince McMahon, and I know that money cures a lot of things, but at the same time, you know, there, there is such a thing as principle, and I don't know if wrestlers necessarily ever have it or not, but you'd always feel like Brett Hart being mad at WWE and upset about that, or at least wanting to honor his brother's legacy, you would think that Maybe there wasn't a price on that necessarily that you could pay, but I guess not.
1: I mean, it's interesting. It's certainly an interesting debate given <clears throat> the shakiness of Hart's health through the years. How many more opportunities like this will Hart see? Um, if you have an issue with like strokes and that sort of thing, um, a a recurrence of a stroke can be quite sudden. Um, you know, I don't need to give everyone how strokes work a lesson on that, but I can't blame him for getting paid either and trying to, you know, bleed out McMahon for money and essentially leverage. I don't want you on AEW to get millions of dollars, like getting paid to do, to not do something is one heck of a trick if you can pull it off
2: yeah no that that's 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 what i was thinking too it, it's just one of those things where it's like, and,
1: and as a retired person getting paid to not do something has a lot of appeal
2: yeah i mean I, i've you know my, my dream is to be bought out someday you know get get paid a lot of money to come do something and then they decide we don't want it. whatever you do anymore we'll pay you pennies on the dollar to get to go not do it that's that's the dream baby Uh, Yeah, I get it. It it just felt a little dirty reading it at first, because you're just like, man, everything's... (laughs) Everything would tell you that Bret Hart would want to be a part of that Owen tournament type of thing, especially to give the trophy there. You know, FTR loved the guy. In fact, Fightful, we don't necessarily report on rumors, but we've... Fightful this week reported that there was some interest in bringing back FTR to WWE. I I... I Don't think that's going to happen, but it's you know, get paid. It's get paid. You know what? If they offer heart to second them in WWE and they reach a number, I could see that happening. But,
1: uh, uh like that, or they get to get lumped in with Cody and like they, those guys kind of end up getting to be like a, a horseman like oh, faction kind of cool. or something that that could be very cool,
2: yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Speaking of talents, comings and goings. Kashida's contract ran out with WWE. He is free to go where he wants. I think he ends up on that New Japan show in Chicago. This is to be really honest ridiculous,
1: with you. Jeff, I, I got to stop you. Ne- ne- th- th- once again, we're not going to get a payoff to a Von Wagner storyline.
2: <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> would we want a payoff to a Von Wagner storyline at this point? Well, you Jiro and his and his coat of many colors is still there. We can go I, biblical.
1: I hope someone asks him about his tag team partner and Jiro just says he forgot. Like no like, no recollection like, that like never Wes happened. This
2: week? That that interview was interesting. They're asking, oh man, I'm having such a hard time right now. <laughs> and he can't mention his tag partner because they fired him.
1: Just- but like they, they they, can't, but they do, but they don't. It's the yes. weirdest way that Vic, Wade, and uh, Wesley had to do this bizarre dance around uh, the other guy, the annoying one. From now let MS4. Ike
2: Manjiro do that in, in <laughs> when he, when English uh, is the second it language.
1: It would be so great to have him do the interview where it's like, Ike Manjiro, last week... You started going through some really hard times. Talk a little bit about that. What's going on inside your mind right now? And then Jiro answers whatever he answers.
2: Yeah. Also gone, but from AEW, Jack Evans, as of the end of the month, his contract will not be renewed. Took it very well on Twitter, but I am here to tell you that I am angry, Chris Novembrino. Because I said, when they signed this guy, give him a microphone and he will be the number two heel in your company quickly. When the pandemic hit and crowds were not there, I was saying, give Jack Evans a microphone for God's sake. They never gave him the microphone. They never got his gift of gab that much on TV. I, for one, find this to be a blown opportunity.
1: I I completely agree. I, you look at who is currently the AEW champion, Adam Page, and Jack Evans is a perfect feud for Adam Page, especially if Evans gets on the microphone and starts talking about how he's the better athlete, how he's the better this, he's the better that. And you can essentially tell the story that maybe some of that's true, but Evans essentially can't get out of his own way, and that's how Page is able to beat him. Um like it it would be a it'd be a great a great short-term feud in a world title program uh number two heel is uh i think completely correct he's he's a guy who is just great at being grading on the microphone almost like a, the an interesting cop is sort of like zach gibson it's like evans can get on the microphone and go heel pretty darn fast
2: speaking of zach gibson You've been watching any of the product or, or the rumors on the, on the Twitterverse. You've now seen LA Knight runs a modeling agency on the main roster with Mace as his client. Drew Gulak is now an interview robot slash intern with management. The tag team of Zach Gibson and James Drake, the grizzled young veterans have had the grizzled young veterans name drop because they used it previously on independent promotions and have also lost their first names. They are now just known as Gibson and Drake also other talent rebrandings it looks like kaylee ray's new name in the promotion will be alba fire and casey catanzaro from american ninja warrior who had some celebrity to her when she was signed will now be known as katana chase or katana chance (laughs) i don't even know if the grizzled young veterans are coming back because it looked like after gibson and drake dropped their tag match it looked like uh they might either be on their way back to NXT UK or they might just be getting dropped altogether. I don't know. But it brings up a question I've had and an argument I had last week with my co-host from uh, the Dynamite Show over at Fight Game Media. We come out every Wednesdays, patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. I go, what is the... I don't mind them training people and going putting green guys on television. I don't. I, I don't mind watching that process sometimes on a, on a professional wrestling television show, but what is the point of this NXT 2.0? If you are selling them as the next generation of WWE superstars, and you're telling the hardcore guys, come watch these people grow, watch these people develop, watch these characters, get emotionally invested in these characters. And then when they come to the main roster you turn Pete Dunne into an angry shine boy. It, it's just a after watching this week's NXT, I find that entire show to be a waste of time, Chris.
1: No, I completely agree. Um, and turning Pete Dunne, who is presented as a killer.
2: Oh, and let on... me let me let me uh, state this. Okay. Pete Dunne is doing a great job with the character he's been given. Yeah, okay. that's
1: not that's not the issue. The character exactly. sucks. Yes. Yeah, and, and and what the character says about Pete done the NXT character is sort of an indictment of the entire brand. This is a guy who was like a killer with a reputation on NXT, and you literally could have invested years in watching this guy really grow and develop into a main event act, which which is what he did down in NXT and NXT UK, and. That's all just completely erased. The growth and development arc of Pete Dunne, the wrestler, doesn't matter. All that matters is Butch, who has no past. He's just a guy who wears a hat.
2: Yeah, and Harry, uh, I like Butch. It's like that's not really. Again, it's the one name thing, and you're just like,
0: what?
1: And here he is, your world champion, Butch. Gibson
2: and Drake. It's like, okay.
1: At least Gibson and Drake given the way WWE manages tag teams, it doesn't actually really preclude them from being any more than what they currently are, but no. like but but it is always the mark of decline when you get pulled down to one name. Uh Pretty has much. has there been a success story yet with with the one-namer? Uh well
2: <laughs> I know there is one, but I, I just it, Well,
1: obviously Bill Goldberg becoming Goldberg, but Goldberg, like uh, yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to think of like Edge? like in the last Last 10 years. Last last 10 years. Last 10
2: years. Yeah. Probably.
1: Like, not Cesaro. Riddle. Does he count? (laughs) Riddle might be an arguable case. Okay. Ricochet, Uh,
2: maybe. I don't know. What was his name? Ricky Shea? Are are they going to change his name now? Could he use that on the indies? I mean, that's the other thing, is they're changing these names midstream, mid-television product. He he
1: could be, like, that could be his (laughs) (laughs) name. swahili
2: <laughs> what are you doing chris no but i mean that's the other thing is they're changing these names mid tv it's like it's like if tony soprano came on screen uh, now my name's bob smith everybody will address me as bob smith now it's like the smiths you know woke up this morning and all that stuff and you're like oh what the hell happened to tony soprano oh <laughs> uh, nope now he's bob smith it's just it's just stupid it's stupid for a television product to do that because the whole point of television is to train your audience
1: it just really it continues to beg the question who is nxt 2.04 i I just don't know
2: oh there will be more beatings about nxt 2.0 later and maybe one bright shining light in roxanne but other than that We'll talk about that during the lazy river, more news. Now the Cavender twins who signed with WWE on an NIL deal, they were, they play basketball at Fresno state have announced that they are transferring to the university of Miami, which is fascinating given the fact that they make so much in social media. You're into blondes, check them out. I'm not, but you know, some people are, Uh, (laughs) but my university of Miami in Florida is just a puddle jumper away from the Orlando training center. I think they are headed to WWE after their, after their time is over might as well cash in on that celebrity.
1: Yeah. I look, uh, WWE is a good place for a twins act to generally kind of have some success. Uh, I'm sure the Cavenders have, looked at, like, the Bella Twins model and said, we could probably do that, and they probably can.
2: Yeah, they probably can. I mean, they are they are fairly uh, popular on the old TikTok there. Um, Ivy Nile, Chad Gable's brother, whose working name I forgot I didn't write down, and Lash Legend, going to do a little bit of time over at NXT UK. Chris, how excited are you for Lash Legend versus Isla Dawn?
1: I, I think the Lash Isla feud's actually going to be uh, yield us some really good promos like Isla coming out and, you know, scaring Lash <laughs> Legend and stuff and Lash having to act like that means something to her.
2: Well, uh, oh, you know but- what we're going to have? We're going to have Lash Legend versus uh, your girl, the one with the talk show.
1: Oh, uh yeah, you're right. You're right. So a, Lash is totally gonna be presented as a face over there.
2: We're gonna have a talk show feud over there. Uh, Nina,
1: uh, Nina, Nina Samuels. Nina
2: Samuels. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm kind of here. Look, I'm kind of here for Ivy Nile versus uh Mako, if I can get it.
1: Yeah. Also, I, I, Ivy actually could, you know, have some sneaky good matches over that, there. That
2: that might be fun. I also, kind of for Chad Gable's brother, kind of doing some. Uh, some, some like Steiner brother type work with the boys in Gallus. I think that'd be kind of fun too. So we'll see, we'll see what they do with them over there. It might just be training. might just be, you know, eat a couple pins for some people, but it might be fun. Nevertheless, Darius Martin of top flight sideline with an injury again per fightful today came out during rampage on Twitter and said it's a non-wrestling injury, which fightful never reported as a wrestling injury, but it looks like top flight's going to be on the shelf for a little while again.
1: Well, uh, that's unfortunate, but Darius Martin also seemed to be losing (laughs) steam with his singles run.
2: I don't know. (laughs) That six-man match, you're telling me he didn't look good in that?
1: Yeah, it was a pretty competitive (laughs) outing against the Blackpool Combat Club. Anyone could have won.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Virgil, a.k.a. Mike Jones, 59, alumni of the University of Virginia, Jeff Hawkins alum. Said he has suffered two strokes and has the beginnings of dementia. That's, that's something I'd never want anybody to go through. So keep him in your prayers, kids. And then finally, in our news segment, another lighthearted note. Well, no, this one's actually lighthearted. Killer cross, Kevin Kesar, 36, and longtime girlfriend, Scarlett Bordeaux, aka Elizabeth Chahaya, I believe is how you say that name, were married on April 20th on a glacier. In Alaska, in a private ceremony, Chris, do you want to get married on a glacier?
1: Glacier is coming. <laughs> that's what they put on the invitations.
2: Uh, 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 uh. Oh, that, that's not a that's not a destination wedding, I don't think. Go, I mean,
1: how many people? Well, how many people choose a glacier to go to as a destination? Exactly. Yeah,
2: uh, you, you know, the guests are freezing. <laughs> global warming it might melt mid-ceremony <laughs> depending on how long the vows are yeah you know. but, uh...
1: I mean look if it's a ceremony just for you and her uh, and you guys really want to do that that's one thing I think as you mentioned asking a lot of people to take that trek is pretty brutal like my dad just had like knee replacement surgery and may need some stuff uh, here for his arm and back uh, I couldn't imagine him having to actually go out to Alaska
2: ratings as you might imagine down across the board the friday rampage running at earlier slot had had low turnout despite the star power on that rest of the week nba playoffs dominated the week so everything was lower in in viewership and demos so there's no reason to talk about yeah yeah
1: nothing nothing worth talking about i mean you just expect them to be down across the board
2: well chris i think you have something you'd like to talk about now
1: I do have something I'd like to talk about, Jeff. (laughs) Today's show is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Get farm-fresh seasonal produce and easy-to-make recipes delivered right to your door every week. Ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week, so they always arrive fresh. All without the trip to the grocery store or to the farmer's market. It's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly and quick and easy recipes. Hello, Fresh's chefs really know how to diversify the menu with seasonal recipes like salmon limone and Mm. pasta primavera. That's a springtime recipe, Hawkins. Primavera—that's it's Italian for spring.
2: (laughs) Is it what's in primavera?
1: Uh, vegetables and stuff. Okay. yeah, Yeah, no, it'd be good. You should get the recipe. Um, we, 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 I, I don't don't like
2: salmon. So I was wondering, well,
1: no, I pasta primavera would be different than salmon limon. uh, I think salmon limon would be one dish. That's like a limey. It's a salmon sort of dish Hawkins. It's fish. fish. Yeah. It's a fish dish. Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas pasta primavera is there's veg, it's spring. It's Italian spring pasta. Gotcha. There there you go. Um, that's not right at all. But if you want to get the offer, you can go to hellofresh.com slash VOW (laughs) 16 And use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That is HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Hawkins says it's VOW16. Not sure why. HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit.
0: Thank
2: you, Chris. And with that, we open up the lazy river of wrestling criticism. Anything we've watched, anything we're thinking about, anything about wrestling in general, maybe even not wrestling occasionally. It's what we're going to talk about right now. Show to show, bounce around, things we like, things we hated. Chris, I will start. Chris, who do you think my favorite wrestler this week was? And it's somebody that uh, it, it has nothing to do with a match? And it's somebody that we don't talk about that often.
1: I don't know. Hawkins is a terrible clues.
2: That's a a very terrible clue. My favorite wrestler this week was Ethan page. Okay. Tell you why that promo he cut was absolute money. It was fire. It was hate. It was, he wanted to beat the crap out of Sammy Guevara. And we don't have enough hate in our wrestling promos and feuds anymore. And that's what makes wrestling good. That's what makes matches good. When I was on here and ranting and raving about Briscoe's FTR, I was, for weeks, it was about the promos and then the match itself delivered on the same kind of hate they were delivering in the promos. There's none of that anymore. There's no, because WWE is afraid for their baby faces to get angry at any point, unless you're the main event monster babyface like Drew McIntyre can occasionally go smash things and things like that. But every other babyface is, well, like, oh, titles come and titles go. Say la vie, you know, that, that John Cena promo, which just drove me up the wall that one time when he, he lost the belt. He goes, oh, well, guess I'll get another title shot down the road. Hate it. Hate it. And you picked up on something Monday about anger. That I loved. Go ahead.
1: Well, before we get into that, um, I I want to talk a little bit about the Ethan Page promo. I continue to find myself baffled that Dan Lambert is the vehicle for people (laughs) turning babyface, and I think that it, it it speaks to grander problems with the booking of this company that time and again. Dan Lambert is somewhat of a vortex where a baby face casted character enters into and ends up being a heel on the back end of it. Despite the fact that <laughs> Lambert and his crew don't ever actually really turn babyface, I guess no. it's sort of happening now. Well, sort that, of. Here's Maybe. the thing is,
2: is number one, Dan Lambert just speaks the truth that we're all thinking. That's the problem here.
1: Yeah, and, and there's nothing really to go after Lambert about. He's goofy, but like he's never does anything that really makes him a hypocrite.
2: No, he doesn't. He, he he's pure troll, but at the same time, there's a hint of truth in the trolling, and and yes, it's it's tinged with some misogyny in there.
1: You know? Oh no, it has like all the trappings of like being a boomer, and this is again why I find myself utterly. Perplexed by characters somehow ending up in a head to head against the boomer, almost like cornet parody character. Yes. And. Then ending up heel like you know, Sammy, but like Cody before, um, and Sammy Guevara is now sort of turning into Cody Rhodes, Brandy. Yeah, which we you know. Yeah, Sammy and uh, Tay are sort of turning into Cody and Brandy Mock, too.
2: Yes, and and they even referenced that on the promo. It's like you know, the the the, the most despicable couple at AEW is still here. <laughs>
1: It's uh it, it it it's fascinating stuff. Um, now to get into my point, um, we are watching Raw here this week, and I forget which match Lawler even. said. Oh no, it's the uh, the Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan match, right? Yes. Now, Liv Morgan and Rhea come up short in their title challenge here. Not totally surprising. Rhea Ripley probably joining this Edge faction, um, but. At the end of the match, Ripley turns on Liv, and like the blocking of that was quite terrible, and Liv ends up getting blindsided by Rhea Ripley, and Rhea Ripley beats the crap out of Liv Morgan. And as Rhea Ripley's leaving the ring, Jerry Lawler goes, well, Rhea's really upset about losing, and who could blame her? And it made me think about this idea and and this broader problem with booking patterns in both companies. It's not really just a WWE problem that baby faces really never show that they care when they lose Um, or or, or it's much more infrequent insofar as that there are pathways to show that you care when you lose, they tend to result in you turning heel. It's like, a babyface can't stand losing like Rhea Ripley and finally has a manifestation of that I can't stand losing thing and that's what drives them to turn heel. Uh, whereas a babyface very rarely in this company um, and WWE is a great example on this, it you know, has a loss and it becomes defining, galvanizing and you know, redemptive. Uh, you could possibly be yelling at the your iPhone or whatever you're listening to this on right now. Well, what about Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch? Well, yeah, was that? Was that or was that sort of a thing that they kind of like needed to kind of do a get right on because they had Becky bump off Bianca, you know, 23 seconds? And did Bianca winning at WrestleMania completely undo the 23-second loss? No. No, so, because she
2: never got over on her on the promos either. Yeah. I mean, it, it it was it's one of those things where it's like you know if she had if she had beaten her in like twenty two seconds or whatever it was yeah sure you got you got got over on her and you had her on the promos but I we were saying that the build to that match was was terrible because Becky just sucks all the oxygen out of the room because she has so much personality and her heel persona is so overpowering that that you can't get over it. but I mean.
1: You essentially careful. needed that to be like Bianca mania, like Daniel Bryan's Yesel mania um, You, you like, needed yeah. Bianca
2: to be mad at Becky. You needed Bianca to be ready to fight Becky. And it's like, girl, no. You know, that kind of that offstanding, you know, just kind of dismissive stuff. And, and there's nothing wrong with intense baby faces. I mean, look, I, I'm going to go back in the wayback machine, but if you decide to ever watch old wrestling, there's a lot of intense baby faces out there, even, even if they don't always win. And they're not necessarily angry. They're just intense. Like, uh, you know, Magnum TA always kind of gave an intense promo to let you know he was serious about getting there in the fight and getting the win. And and there was never anything wrong with that. It never made you think, man, Magnum's turning heel next week. No, he's just, he's here to win. He's here to make money. He's here to beat up the horsemen. and And we don't get that anymore because everybody's, Everybody's so happy to be part of the WWE universe or part of AEW. And it's all, it's all that th- these shows exist to show you the world of wrestling kind of thing with the backstage politics and machinations. So it's like everything's 30 rock, but set in a wrestling show type of thing where, where you never get the fact that you never get to lose the veneer that you're watching a wrestling, I mean, you know what I mean. That you're no,
1: no you're watching a show about wrestling show, yes, rather watching than a res- show watching wrestling. Yes, a yes, wrestling league.
2: Yes, you never get to drop that thing that that's like you're you're not, uh, you're not in the world, you're just kind of watching it from afar type thing. Yeah, it's kind of so. like
1: the, the Muppets, right? Yeah, it's like the Muppet Show analogy before. Yeah, 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 and, and I do, I want a promotion to it's something that I don't ever want backstage interviews, but I want backstage interviews within the confines and the trappings of what you'd expect in a sports promotion. Um, and I, I think when we drift away from that with like skits and bits and stuff, that's you know, spooky, ooky and that sort of thing. Um, that's the price you're sort of paying for. You, you start slowly kind of drifting into Muppet show territory. Yeah, I mean about wrestling.
2: The vignettes that were always cool to me were the ones where it's like, you know, Arn Anderson and Eric Watts end up running into each other at a gas station and they start fighting. You know, (laughs) the horseman followed Dusty into a parking lot and end up breaking his arm. You know, those types of vignettes aren't bad. And it shows you that the world of wrestling continues even after the cameras are off after the two-hour show. And and it and no wrestling show does that anymore because it's like everything only happens during the office hours that the wrestling promotion is running in front of the camera.
3: What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera GoofyOfficial.com slash lock, And we thank them for sponsoring the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Yeah, and then, like, WWE with their current backstage intrigue, like, does anyone really care about Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce? No! Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's just silly. silly.
2: Although, they did bring back the PowerPoint for Drew this week, so I was happy about that. Uh, (laughs) uh, Your turn on the Lazy River, sir.
1: All right, well, let's stop beating around the Bush Hawkins. We need to talk about the main event here, and that is the main event of Rampage, which featured (laughs) my number one talent. I would say... Greatest wrestler of 2022, Jade Cargill. Come on. Uh, uh, No, once again, she hit it out of the park here this week, Hawkins. Um, Before I got on the air here today, I was doing some cleaning, and I had these guys on who were going through various Steven Seagal movies, and in particular, looking at the later era ones. There's one where Seagal's dialogue is so bad, Hawkins, that they actually dub most of it in post-production, uh, that, that's pretty glorious. Um, but they're watching one in particular. And it's not horrible or whatever by late-era Seagal standards. Like, he actually does a few bumps or he does a few stunts or whatever. But one guy comments to the other guy, the problem with Seagal is that Seagal doesn't realize what makes an action movie good, which is that the strong person has to be in, in peril. That the hero, the, the badass, has to be in peril in order to really kind of sell to the audience how badass the the main person is and seagal's version of these sorts of movies is the badass person is so badass that they just come in and annihilate everyone and everyone sort of explodes upon one punch and that is what watching a jade cargill match is She doesn't know how to sell. She doesn't understand the merits of selling. And this Marina Shafir match was bad from front to back. You're building Shafir for weeks as an MMA killer a la Ronda Rousey or uh, a la the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler. And at the beginning of the match, Cargill puts both of her arms behind her back, gives a big beaming toothy smile Mm -hmm. and marina shafir winds up and misses because cargill is able to evade marina shafir the match was already over at that point at that point you have completely destroyed the entire build to marina shafir because what marina shafir 100 percent absolutely should be able to do to jade cargo in that situation is punish her and punish her badly not necessarily with a strike to the face but just kick her directly in the gut and level her and put her on the floor and then cargo has to take a bunch of strikes because cargo was arrogant and has been taking this whole thing very lightly and triflingly the whole way down couldn't even say marina shafir's name correctly the e- and this e-
2: is the point where she goes oh my god i'm in deep water right
1: now. I'm in deep water. This is yes. this is yes. That thirty is not going to be like the other twenty nine. Um, because then that makes thirty actually mean something. Instead, for the rest of the match, Shafir is basically constantly on the defensive to Jade Cargill, constantly having to sell to Jade mm-hmm. Cargill. And the match is clunky, uh, and that's being generous given the open of this match, before the commercial break, but where it really actually starts circling down the drain is during the commercial break. I don't even normally notice picture-in-picture picture stuff, but I'm watching this rest hold, and watching Jade Cargill work this rest hold is like watching my cat Shadow trying to work the doorknob to the front door. Like, if you give him enough time and a little bit of help, he can get that door open. He's a smart boy. I'm proud of him. Love that cat. Uh, but Jade Cargill, kind of expecting a little bit more proficiency with a rest hold. Um, Maria Shafir makes her way back up. Cargill starts doing strikes off of that the timing is horrible um and, and then we get to the end of the match here where shafir puts on the heel hook cargill's not really selling this like the, the there's no real sense that cargill's in any peril and then cargill starts doing the kicks and the kicks are even dangerous because she's kicking shafir directly in the head she's missing the shoulder um uh, it, like this match stunk hawkins jay cargill is not good might she be good someday yeah maybe i don't know give her enough time sure why not i've seen it happen uh people grow uh, i'm in that business but uh, she's not good right now and she doesn't deserve this push that she's been on and i i was finding myself wishing at the end of this match that there's a way for both of them to lose i'm
2: gonna go back to my rant about nxt for my point here, because I have nothing to add to your point because it's, it's well-made. Chris, I haven't watched NXT uh, front to back in a few, in a few weeks, admittedly. I, I've, I've waited for the show to run and then people tell me what's good and I kind of fast-forward through what's bad, but I, I, I got a chance to watch it live this week. What have they done to Joe Gacy as a character here? where he was originally that avatar for well, let's be generous and, or maybe honest or whatever. No, he was like a millennial
1: motivational speakers. He was the like
2: right, right wi- wing answer to people who, who just hate woke col- corporate culture type of thing. Let, let's put it that way. When did he get magic in his repertoire? When did he become the supernatural guy slash bray wyatt
1: type they decided of. he was a reverend but he's never been a reverend he's just been a guy who's like a really crappy motivational speaker who yeah like plays upon like you know what a right-winger thinks uh, quote-unquote woke culture is <laughs> like so- but now now he has like spooky ooky powers because harlan's kind of spooky and he's dressed like a priest sort of
2: sarai has lost her powers all of a sudden too also apparently has lost the ability to win i mean the tiffany strat match wasn't bad it wasn't good but it wasn't bad but sarai is just a geek now look L- L- del fantasma you're watching them and you're watching this thing with italians and you're thinking it, it's it's the It's the return of the Vince Russo gang war era. The character interactions here are a mess. And I like a lot of the people on this show. But, I mean, Braun Breaker is supposed to be your big breakout newcomer star. And they've turned him into an idiot. (laughs) And you're just watching this going... As a sentient human being who actually enjoys some quality television, what am I doing, wasting these two hours of my life, just because I like wrestling? And I'm just I'm I'm flummoxed by when they took this over and they said this is they're going to make it more seamless between NXT 2.0 and the main roster. And what they've done is they've just basically gone through the book of X WWE gimmicks. And decided to throw a crap load in there, man. I, I watched this show and I'm like, I like these guys. I like these guys. I like these guys. I don't like these guys. I don't like these guys. I don't like these guys. But this show is such a tough watch right now for me.
1: It I don't know what's really to enjoy in, in terms of a division with a program. I I guess it would even Carmelo Hayes. I like Carmelo Hayes. Yes. Trick Anthony, I don't feel like, is adding anything to this act. He's just there. I feel like Carmelo could do all of this completely on his own at this point.
2: We broke up the Waller team, it looks like, way too quickly. We, we've, we're breaking up all these teams again and shuffling them around or, uh, because they don't like tag teams, et cetera, et cetera. I think, I think Waller's kit guy is going up to team with Veer. For some reason, but you know, it's just let's have some continuity. I mean, yeah, you get you get Natty down on the main roster and, and down in NXT, and she at least looks like she's having fun doing what she's doing right now. But let let's let's keep the continuity there and, and give you reasons why she's down there and reasons why people show up on on the main roster from NXT, and then you have fans who are watching one because you have four or five times as many fans who watch Raw and three times as many people who watch SmackDown as watch NXT go, well, maybe I'll go over there and see the continuation of this storyline that is long-term and well-written and uh, these other things. And still we get, you know... (laughs) Just, just ridiculous. I,
1: I think the only bright spot on NXT this weekend it's just like a small one is the person that Natty had the enhancement match against uh, Paxton Saxley or whatever. I don't know what her name is. It's yeah, some are close. Yeah, right. She's shown some promise in a number of different outings. I, I thought she had another one that looked like decent. Uh, you know, she, she, in an era where a number of these developmental talents don't necessarily look like they'll develop, she certainly looks like she will.
2: I'm just, sorry, not not to not to get uh, be negative on her, but just the Nikita Lions interaction <laughs> Nikita's delivery of that promo where she clears her throat and goes into it. I, I was dead. I'm like, this is why are we why don't we do a second take here, guys? We can, ta- we can tape these things for the new guys instead of taping it live. It's, it was just, it feels so amateur hour and not, not in a good way. Like, studio wrestling has that amateur hour feel at times and there are bad promos that come out there, but they at least had the decency to do retakes here and there.
1: Yeah, and those guys who had bad promos still worked competent matches. It was yeah. like, not that they were bad in the ring and bad on the mic simultaneously.
2: Now, allow me to do uh, uh, another quick, quick thing here before I give you, give you a, actually, no, you go ahead. Take a turn here. Sorry.
1: Okay. Um, well, uh, I guess then let me look at what happened on dynamite here. Oh, uh, a nice little spot of wrestling here this week was Dustin Rhodes versus CM punk. Yeah. I I enjoyed this match a lot. Just a nice, nice, solid little match
2: nice tribute to bret hart versus gold dust which you know everybody everybody's everybody's giving the love to bret hart in aew he decides hey i'm gonna take the money still a little still a little sore about that Uh, let me do let
1: me do one more quickie um like because that was a positive one uh it, it was just it was it was just i liked that and sometimes those are short feel free um one that I thought was kind of a dumper uh, and surprised me with like how much it underperformed was jungle boy versus O'Reilly. Um, I, yeah. o- O'Reilly looked n- not in best form. And, and I, I didn't think this made jungle boy look very, I mean, O'Reilly won the match. I'm not saying the presentation of him wasn't strong or whatever. I'm just saying like, he didn't look very sharp and I just, I kind of expected this match to be more than what it ended up being.
2: There was no heat to this match in terms of the interactions between they're having a feud between red dragon and Jurassic express. And these guys are, are just doing a nice little choreographed wrestling match instead of you feeling like Kyle O'Reilly should kind of be trying to break an arm or break a leg here. You would think.
1: Yeah. You almost would view O'Reilly's goal as different in this match. Like to he's trying him. to hurt, hurt yes. Jack Perry, Jack Perry's trying to win. So like Perry wins the match but O'Reilly has hurt him, and so they both sort of achieve what they want. Um, Having O'Reilly win, I guess, is booking against the grain in that, but one has to question, okay, but why?
2: I would think you'd want one of your pillars in this tournament, and I would think Jungle Boy would be the guy versus, say, Darby or Sammy or MJF. Uh,
1: Yes, yeah, especially Jungle. Jungle seems like the best candidate, too, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, it, it just it floored me to be honest. Now I'm looking forward to the match Wednesday. I'm here for the FTR versus FTR thing. I think that'll be it'll be fun. I think mean, I think they're gonna I think they're to over try a little bit. But, uh, uh,
1: I, I think I'm gonna rewatch Brett versus Owen at WrestleMania 10 prior to this match and see how many spots uh, pop up in this match. That's all yeah, I'm saying.
2: Yeah. Uh, let me take take a moment here to praise performances. Non wrestling that that I enjoyed this week. Uh, first of all, Smart Mark Sterling on Dynamite. Uh, Wardlow's hitting all the right notes as well. But I want I want especially the perfect sitcom timing of him reading the. Oh, and I have a message for you. Eat, takes the beat, turns directly to the camera, says the s word, takes the beat, turns back to Wardlow, pig. <laughs> I howled at that. That was absolute perfection of television comedy right there. I, I dug that. And also, we had a wedding on Raw. Weddings, of course, are going to break down and whatnot. But I I think one of the most underrated comedic performers in the WWE over the past couple of years, and I've brought this up a few times, is Tamina. Tamina has some of the best reactions to dumb things (laughs) that you get She's really
1: she is really funny yes the doesn't say anything just has reactions and so she gets what that kind of comedy role is and that's a subtle kind of nuanced role she does it really well
2: and if if weddings hadn't been overdone in the past few years i i would have loved that 24 7
1: Title. But l- yeah. let us talk about that wedding. Uh, that was <laughs> where Raw truly, truly fell off the rails. Um, and it was. Raw was on a bad note right from the beginning of the show with the Cody Rhodes promo because, like, he's just not connecting with the audience like that.
2: Are you really?
1: I, I, I think that he is. Every single time now, he tries to go one note too far in the audience doesn't go there with him all right Uh, he keeps overreaching a little bit i i it's not gonna burn hasn't burned him yet but but it happens it happens like every single time he 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 does the leap of faith and the crowd is not there to catch him um but by the end of the show i I don't blame Rhodes. but it it, we were all clearly off to a bad start um and things kind of got steadily worse uh at the point of this wedding (laughs) <laughs> like no one wanted to see this. Like, like this is this is a skit for no one, which is w- why they're doing all these whats to this. Nobody cares about Reggie. Nobody cares about Dana. Um, nobody cares about this title. Uh, no one cares about the pursuit for this title. Basically, pursuing this title makes you look like an idiot. Yes. Um, and, and, and that's almost sort of the moral of the whole skit. Like, y- you're in love or whatever. You find true love, but. This title like stupefies you so badly that you're even trying willing to pin your bride uh to try to get the title or pin if your husband to get the title.
2: If WWE but- had a bit of self-deprecation in them, and they don't, because they because the funny thing is they present stupid stuff, but they take themselves super seriously as a company, they would have gone hard into the name change thing and had somebody actually marry the 24-7 title and rename themselves like dana 247.
1: <laughs> i mean that should be our truth right like that should
2: be yes it should be our truth M- M- 24
1: mr he should name himself mr 247 because yes. he's married to the 24 7
2: yes and then they can they can go on a honeymoon together they can go dating they can have that know, would
1: also make every time he loses the title really funny like like she's cheating on him
2: yes yes and then they have kids eventually something like that i don't know but they're, they're you know you can take this to its to its most ridiculous conclusion because you're going into the ridiculousness,
1: but this is also like really should be a title for our truth. It should be a title. That's in it always has been. And so like, really like they should just lean into this rather than Reggie and Dana Brooke, uh, who I'm not saying like either one of them should be like world champion or anything like that, but like, they're both better than this. Your turn. Um, Man. Uh, All right. What did you think of the coffin match between Darby Allen and Andrade El Elo?
2: I thought it felt rushed. That was my only thing was it felt like rushed and felt like it didn't get it didn't get to the uh, crescendo. It felt like there was a spot there where Andrade was trying to take off the, the top of the coffin so they couldn't close it. But they decided it was chained too much. And also, I just thought Andrade should have won this feud, to be honest with you, because Darby doesn't need it.
1: Yeah. I, I, I agree with all of this. I, I it, this just didn't, this didn't click. Uh, it, it didn't feel, it didn't have the intensity that a coffin match to me merited. No, and it I, felt like a
2: match with a coffin at rings. Right.
1: Right. Right. A stipulation match, essentially Um, like that Darby's like, you know, pet stipulation is a coffin match um, rather than a match to really settle the score or whatever. And, and the, just the, the entire flow of the match lacked that, sense of finality that I associate with a, a coffin match. You have a coffin match to end a feud once and for all, which means like all the stops are pulled out. And I I, I don't know, like I, there was some of that, uh, sting pulling off a mask. That is a sting <laughs> mask to reveal that it's sting will forever get a pop out of me.
2: Yeah. Same uh, here, man. I love, that I, I, don't,
1: I don't, I don't like, it, it will never not be funny to me. Um, even, even, if the, like, kind of the classic shine of, like, there was, like, an era where, like, you know, you'd go to a wrestling show, like, in the 90s, of course, where everyone had a Sting mask on, so it really worked well, where Sting would really just sort of be like, where's Waldo, and, like, pop out, and it's the real Sting. Um This, this worked pretty well, though. I, I enjoyed that spot a lot. That was funny. And I will
2: never not pop for that crazy old man jumping off of a balcony like New Jack onto a bunch of people. It's still a dangerous spot to me.
1: Uh, he's uh, he's just incredible. Uh, yeah, he he uh, really is. I, I I it it's crazy to think that this late era sting chapter is just as important of a component of his Hall of Fame career as any of his sort of like prime era work. But like, he's just really set a new standard for. What an advanced age performer can do uh, mm-hmm. in a wrestling ring, um, but I, I just didn't think this match delivered uh, on any other level than that. The Hardys are boring, dude. I like like uh, they're they're already just I I don't know. I, I I guess maybe it's the sudden Matt turn. Like maybe if they hadn't been on TV and they both sort of show back up, and like Matt hadn't just been a heel for like yes. months and months and months yes. on end. This wouldn't feel as, and not only just a does. heel,
2: a mid card geek comedy heel for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks.
1: Right, 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 right. Like you didn't take the Andrade or the Hardy family office seriously at all, nor should you have. Um, and so now that he's aligned with Jeff, I, I it doesn't, it hasn't felt like a reset. It's felt like something that's kind of dragged Jeff down.
2: Yeah, the the, the Hardy family office was Paul Jones' army. You know that level of heel stable, as opposed to actually solidifying and making themselves a serious formidable force in in the company they were always seen as kind of clowns from a circus so you, you never really get to then invest in matt as serious guy you, you weren't emotionally well, connected. i
1: mean matt was originally running a carny sort of act right yes. i mean he was literally saying you know like you know i'm, I'm gonna you know take 30 or you know 50 or whatever it was all about like taking obscene amounts of the money and, you know, conning all these guys. So all these guys were idiots. Yeah. And Matt Hardy was taking advantage. Big
2: money, Matt. That, the yeah. Uh, Yeah. It it, it just, it doesn't, they're not building the emotional resonance correctly. And uh, speaking of which, let me get get one more point about uh, AEW before we uh, go on to something else here quick. Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter have now been cutting promos with Tony Schiavone for three weeks and they all suck. And it's killing Tony Storm's aura. In any way. I don't know if she can't cut a promo, but she's she hasn't been able to on AEW yet, and they've all stunk. Th- this feud stinks, and it's just... It, and, and then it turns into comedy with the under-the-breath comments about, oh, she always leaves like that, stuff like that. It, it's killing her here. She came in pretty frigging, you know, as a big deal, and it's just... It's, it's killing her right now for the past couple of weeks, and Speaking of bad promos, not enough is said about, except for, for me, probably uh, these undisputed elite promos are bad for the act, especially it's, it's, they need to go. They need to take a step back to me and look in the camera and just say that as a unit, they're going to go kick people's butt. I'm tired of the, oh, he doesn't like you. Oh, he doesn't like you why is kyle o'reilly having to carry this promo as well because cool kyle is not a cool promo and it's just it's expositioning you know, when i put this group together i decided that 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 that. no no just cut the promos cut the i'm gonna we're gonna have a match and we're gonna kick your butt type of promos and then the drama of the tension of the group can come through the angles Or you can do it through a hidden camera type thing or something like that. But these, we've paid for time for the promo thing and we're doing wacky shtick with Brandon again. And we're, hey guys, we all need to get on the same page right now.
1: Uh, Well, the other thing is that this just steps on the MJF pinnacle angle, which is the exact same thing. Yes. But you don't need to have two of these heel factions doing a against cast sort of thing but like right down to who is the uh who is the shaky uh plank right now it's the tag team right it's uh yeah. it's the bucks in in the uh, uh aew or the undisputed elite or whatever and it's uh, ftw in pinnacle i i just it's this is a much more boring version yes. of the pinnacle thing in part because. It's not like at least for me you're like super enthused to see the Bucks become baby faces again or whatever. Like the the FTR becoming baby faces has been I felt earned. They they've connected with the audience. They've done it over weeks here. I think this this match next week where both of them just like turn in like a classic and really work their asses off against one another is going to be um, it's going to be something that's going to endear the fans to them even more as a babyface act. I think that'll be the the net result, and it'll be kind of brilliant on that front. And uh, I I think that just having you know the Bucks do the exact same angle, it it's redundant. Um, and it probably steps on FTR's thunder a little bit. You go. Um. All right. Uh, Britt Baker. She's gonna be a baby face in Pittsburgh. I think we need to change change the Pittsburgh <laughs> match up. No. I. I. I no. No. I, I'm not. I'm making like a serious point. I'm not gonna like do a redundant rant. I think that this needs to be sort of a showcase for the heel in the sense that like we need to let the heel really get established, like and really sort of like establish like hateability. Um, on them and like, like that needs to be the focus because it's a foregone conclusion Brits going over. So like we need to let like uh, the former Vanessa Bourne Danielle or Danielle uh, Camella here, yes, like really establish her character and sort of establish some degree of formidability. Um and like really get the crowd just hating her guts and hope that that carries over residually to the next weeks and the weeks after. Um I, I think. If anything, this is actually a great opportunity for an established heel to go up against Britt Baker, even a heel that you're trying to build up um, and and really let them, like, kind of get serious heat built on them during this match. Uh, Let the crowd really hate them.
2: I thought Danielle did a pretty decent job for what she was given. She's not going to get signed by AEW, but it was nice to see her in a ring actually be able to do some things for once. I think her, yeah. I think her I think her place is mostly she she'd make a great valet, but you know, she's thirty-six. Yeah, I don't know. I you know, if A if AEW wants a mid-card heel like that to fill up the thing, I I they could do worse than her. She has personality. She was cutting Twitter promos for the match, which were, you know, they're they're the usual this this city sucks and their sports teams suck type things, but she has she has some some ability on the promo stick. So, uh, you know, I, I was happy for her to get that chance.
1: Yeah, I, I've always just thought she's a person with personality uh mm-hmm. and great hair, too. She does have really awesome hair. When
2: she straightens it, it's fantastic, too. That She looked like I, Diane I, uh, Lane. I was like, my God, she looked good on that thing. I was following her on social media, friend of a friend. So it's one of those things where I'm always rooting for her. Uh I'll, my last point, we're going over to NXT UK. I'm gonna give some credit to somebody I haven't given credit to uh much, but Chris has. So I'm
1: uh whoop I, guy, you're finally coming <laughs> around on him.
2: Actually, you know what? That wasn't a bad match either. The mustache mountain versus uh Ashton Smith and uh bootleg Kofi. I forgot his name for
1: some reason. Oliver <laughs> Carter.
2: Oliver Carter, thank you. Whoop guy, bootleg Co- kofi, oliver Carter, and uh Ashton Smith or Ashton Carter. Uh whatever uh, not a bad match going into uh next week they're building up the they're building up the, the mustache mountain breakup fairly well uh here i, I always like this story when it's a slow burn wish they'd do something with tyler Bate, bring bring him over to the states or something for another run finally in nxt normal but also maybe also sam sam gradwell hell of a, hell of a street fight there against kenny williams Uh, chris's favorite feud i think is coming back so we're all excited to see what happens there (laughs) i mean
1: everyone always gets on these dorky podcasts that i listen to and they'll say wwe doesn't do long-term booking i'll hear idiots like jeff hawkins say that on radio shows and uh i i always yell at my podcast back at it uh when the other guy's not talking that guy's great um i i I always yell back well hawkins you twerp uh what about um uh kenny williams and
2: uh what's his name what's his name name? (laughs) that memorable guy that lost the (laughs) loser leaves town match yeah uh, yeah. but 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 Amir about-
1: Jordan, his name's Amir, Amir Jordan. Jordan. Thank you. Yeah, what funny. about that feud, Hawkins? Uh, I yell back at my podcast, and hey, uh, that wild- one that's gone nearly three years.
2: The wild boar was gone for like eight months, came right back. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but Sam gradwell uh, underappreciated brawler. I mean, he had that one with uh, uh, uh Rampage Brown that was really, really good as well. Um, and, and this was no different. I, I, I. Boy, in a different time and place, you could give him a little bit of a run in NXT, get some things, see if there was something there, and then bring him back, but, you know, they don't know. What I
1: like do. him. I the, he He's just. He's now
2: cut off the Mohawk, by the way. He now looks more normal, but,
1: yeah. Uh, he's just got a certain level of intensity that I think really works. Um, yeah, I, I And I actually like the Mohawk, too. Uh, I, I didn't I mind the, it. No, I thought the Mohawk totally worked for him.
2: Uh, anything else on your end?
1: Um in terms of NXT UK, uh oh, no no no. Um, I'm just seeing if there's anything. Uh geez. Wesley versus Zion Quinn. <laughs> <laughs>
2: God.
1: God.
2: Oh, Wesley took a forearm to the face here. That <laughs> just
0: Whew.
1: not off to a great start.
2: They give him the sobby promo and then they just beat the crap out of him. How can you you root for a guy like that? Sorry. Oh, I'll I'll bring up one thing. Oh, you didn't watch SmackDown tonight, did you?
1: I did not. Oh, one last thing, though, there. Um, Like, look, Roxanne Perez wasn't bad. Yeah, she's great. Roxy is great. Yeah, and and, and I like J.C. Jane. I think J.C. Jane. And J.C.
2: Jane, yeah. J.C. Jane and her had very good chemistry. I, I think it's very weird because, because we all thought JC Jane was going to be the weak link next to Priscilla Kelly or the former Priscilla Kelly, but, uh, she's, uh, JC Jane's the worker of the, of the two. So it's, uh, so I, I thought that was a, no, thing. no,
1: it, what it is. It's the two carrying Mandy Rose is really what it is. Yeah,
2: that's, that's true as well. Uh, I will not bring up my point from SmackDown cause it's not terribly important, but let's just say they're, they're taking an interesting tact with Lacey Evans. Cause they ran another one of those, uh, vignettes that yeah. deals with her life and the, the the reaction on twitter is interesting but i think, I think it's gonna work with the fans somewhat what, the, what
1: what's what's it what's it what is it about well, like you know uh it's you know.
2: it's a very uh bootstrappy story about how you know she was uh you know th- th- this this week it was about how her dad uh you know would leave and her mom and her mom left and uh dad would make more money but that meant he could spend more money on drugs and stuff like that and reason she does her own makeup is because she never had a mom around to do it for her so she now does that at her shows too and there's a they're doing they're doing what is kind of an anomaly in wwe and actually using the person's real life to help them get over as opposed to smack them around a bit like you know like bailey and cora jane here's their i've always been a wwe fan and then they go out and get beat the next time this one it's we're gonna make her a sympathetic character so that you root for her later and they've never really been one for sympathy
1: i don't hate it i don't um, hate it either uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a like risk. It, it's a risk. Uh, look, uh, they need to change their presentation. I think our cynicism is that they can't be disciplined and stick to a new change. Um, and that's, that's a fair criticism. <laughs> well, the
2: cynicism is that she, they do all these things to make you like her. And then the first match out there, she goes back to being a heel. <laughs> that would be perfect. WWE. It's like, Oh, we've heard about her story for a number of weeks. Oh, and she's hit Naomi in the back of the head.
1: Yeah. And how long until she's just Lacy, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> although lacey evans is a wwe name so it's yeah
1: no but that so was antonio cesaro
2: that's very very true you're
1: correct yeah uh
2: so. i have nothing else i'm ready to close up the lazy river
1: i am ready to close up the lazy river as well this
2: has been shake them ropes as per usual he is chris brune you can follow him at dwatg that stands for don't worry about the government patreon.com slash don't worry tv is that it
1: Yes. Don't worry. is uh don't is our That's homepage. Patreon.com slash DWATG is the okay. Patreon.
2: I am Jeff Hoggins. You can follow me at crap game 13 on the Twitter. I just wisecrack all day about wrestling. That's pretty much what I do. Also do a show over on the fight game media network called the dynamite show with one Paul ace Fontaine every Wednesday, patreon.com slash fight game media, five bucks, hot takes on every single segment of AEW. So I don't have to do it on this show necessarily i get my ice cold takes on this show you can just follow our show at shake them ropes all one word on the twitter verse once again thanking our sponsor hello fresh
1: hello fresh
2: hellofresh.com slash vow 16
1: that's the way hawkins says it i always say vow 16
2: or vow 16 get deals we are part of the voices of wrestling network podcasts for every type of fandom new music of the mat with our friend andrew rich just dropped talking about lex luger themes as well as we have the flagship with Joe and rich, uh, five star, five star, uh, match game. And, uh, other things I can't remember now cause it's late and I haven't gotten a lot of sleep. Cause I also like Chris have sleep apnea.
1: Okay. Well, that's fine. I just hope that hook buys Twitter